0: The products discussed in this podcast are only available in the United States.
1: Hello and welcome to the quarterly update podcast for the Lumis Sales Strategic Alpha Fund, where portfolio managers share their thoughts on the markets and their strategies. Uh, my name is Erica Cassell with Natixis, and today I'm joined by Matt Egan, the portfolio manager on the strategy. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thank you. All right, Switching things up a little bit for this podcast, I think we should start off today going right into the macro, uh, given just how eventful the, the first quarter was. Um, of course, in particular, we had some of the largest bank failures since 2008. And keeping it at a high level, at this point, I think we've started to see some of the initial ramifications of these failures in the marketplace. But what do you think the major implications moving forward for the banking sector, and I guess really the the economy in general, will be?
0: Yeah, the, the banking uh, crisis is going to lead towards uh, tighter financial conditions, uh, especially to sort of the middle market and uh, small businesses' consumer Segments, um, you're going to have less competition. Uh, uh, banks are going to be, uh, you know, really on the sidelines in terms of their lending activity, in, in our opinion, um, and that should, you know, that should weigh on the economy. And, and Really, though, this is just a manifestation of uh, what the Fed has really orchestrated, which is tighter financial conditions. Usually, it eventually leads its way through the banking channel, and and you know, here we are.
1: Right. As you mentioned, and, and thank you for those comments, you know, keeping in mind the, the ultimate culprit of all this volatility has really been inflation and, and the Fed's aggressive monetary policy. To your team, have recent events changed? How you think the Fed will act moving forward?
0: So our target for a long time has been about five to five and a quarter percent for the um, the t- so-called terminal Fed funds rate And we haven't changed that i think it's it's on course for that Uh, i was getting a little concerned not so long ago when the inflation data was starting to you know still be printing uh, stubborn levels that they might have to go a little bit further but i think the banking crisis probably put paid to that notion and i think you know the tightening is starting to show up now like we said through the banking channel and and that will really assist the fed i think in in their tightening activities so I think that's that's about the right number uh, for where we you know we end the the rate cycle um, and from there you know we'll see where where the economy goes.
1: <clears throat> Great, thank you Matt. And of course your team's portfolio construction process includes taking that top-down macro view of the marketplace. And last time we were together you maintained that we remained in the late expansion phase of the credit cycle. Have recent growth concerns or the or the bank crisis um, we saw in March change where you believe we are today or your outlook at all?
0: I think officially we're still at uh, late cycle. Um, if you look at our you know our our, our macro uh, economics team is is calling it that right now officially, but when you look at where the market is pricing things, it's kind of a de facto <laughs> uh, downturn as we speak, at least in the financial markets. Um, and I do think that our, our team has been forecasting a downturn uh, to arrive sometime this year or into 2024, and I think that's still our, our view. Um, so what does this mean? I think, like we said, the Fed is, is likely to stop raising rates here. It'll pause for a while. It, it might have an extended path of around a 5% Fed funds up rate. And then ultimately, it'll probably cut um, some number of basis points beginning either late this year or sometime in 2024. For the credit markets, um, what's interesting about the credit markets is that already spreads are baking in the prospects for an economic recession. So right now, you're getting paid uh, through the risk premium that you're earning for the kind of losses that we foresee arriving, whether it's um, from downgrades in the credit market or you know, in the case of speculative grade uh, defaults. So it's an unusual part of it's, it's an unusual cycle from that perspective whereby the market consensus is downturn. And uh, I know that when I talk to a lot of people, they're saying, well, when's the right time to get into credit and so on and so forth. Well, The reality is you're already getting paid for it. So um, if you're inclined to think like we are, that the recession will be relatively run-of-the-mill. I mean, you have to go back to, say, the 2000s to get back to sort of a run-of-the-mill recession. What does that mean? It means sort of below, um, you know, run rate growth, you know, maybe zero to sort of a, a growth recession or even maybe an outright sort of minor negative GDP print for a couple quarters.
1: Great. Thank you. And as a reminder to listeners, this product specifically falls within the non-traditional Bond Morningstar category, which is really, it's an interesting grouping in that there's such a wide variety of investment styles and really investment goals within it. It's hard to think of the category really just as one cohesive unit. Um, But with that in mind, and as a reminder for maybe newer listeners, could you just give us a few points on what differentiates Strategic Alpha from the larger category?
0: Sure, well, one of the things uh, we uh, say right up front the risk level that we're taking, and I don't think a lot of competitors do that, we actually provide a guidance uh, in terms of the volatility that may be experienced by the fund, and that's four to six percent. So that guides how we in, you know the risk that we'll take in our in our fund. Um, that is comparative you know it's 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 equivalent to what you might find in the traditional space like a core plus fund or something like that with a bit more risk to to take at times you know the right time in the credit cycle so to speak and um, you know what our skill set is what we bring to the table is our ability to play the spread markets through the cycle so we we're very good at knowing when the risk premiums are attractive and we'll put our clients in front of that risk when they're getting paid for it, and then we'll pull back and protect principal when we feel that the risks are not um, uh, very attractive. We also uh, add a lot of value through uh, bottom-up security selection. My team is very, very good at understanding the intrinsic value of a security, intrinsic value of a corporate bond, or whatever it may be. Um, and when what we've noticed, especially uh, with liquidity being poor in the markets, that the discrepancy between the um, price of the, what the market's putting on it and what we see as intrinsic value can be very wide. Right now, I actually see a lot of situations uh, like that, where there's big discrepancies between what we see as the value of the security and what the market is pricing it at. And I think that has to do with uh, you know, worries about a recession. Um, and also uh, the outflows that we had seen last year, sort of the indiscriminate outflows we saw last year and a little bit this year in some of the, uh, the credit markets.
1: Great. Thank you, Matt. And of course, so keeping that in mind, and, and really when we when we look at performance and we speak about attribution for strategic alpha, we often break it down into three main buckets, the credit, curve, and currency. For the first quarter, the fund returned roughly uh, just over 1.5%, a really strong start for the the first quarter. And I guess speaking in those broad buckets uh, that I mentioned before, would you be able to just talk about the major drivers um, and detractors of return for the quarter?
0: Sure. You're starting with the curve. Um, We've been positioned roughly in the middle of our our duration range. We're going to run from about zero duration to roughly five years. Uh, We're right in the middle of that, and um, we've been pushing that out a little bit as as yields have been rising. Uh, And that was uh, one of the drivers because yields fell, obviously, uh, for most of that period. Some of it um, due to, obviously, the banking crisis towards the end. There was a flight to quality so, that drove part of the return, um, but there were also an equal amount of return coming from credit spreads, uh, and we saw, particularly in January and February, a big rally in uh, non-investment grade, investment grade, uh, really across the board, all types of spreads, structured product, as investors sort of entered the new year looking to put on risk. <clears throat> In March, that reversed a bit on the worries about the banking crisis, But since then it's uh, resumed. So that's been a strong uh, feature for, for us as well. Um, on the idiosyncratic side, I still think that there are some laggards in the portfolio that um, are going to generate a lot of alpha. They're sort of latent in alpha embedded in these these specific scurries that we bought. Um, they tend to be a little bit controversial, you know, and that's where Loomis is very good, um, where, you know, the market is, um, you know, maybe worried about a specific thing or a specific sector uh, and their outflows and indiscriminate selling. We can come in there and buy uh, with some really good margin of safety because the dollar prices are very low. Um, And I think that's going to drive alpha for, you know, um, you know, when when the market starts to, um you know reverse and these these things start to trade closer to their really their intrinsic value um, currencies uh the last c is not has not been a big driver continues not to be a big driver um, we are starting to um invest on a dipping our toes in the waters <laughs> uh for for these areas i mean what we're looking to get from non-dollar is a yield advantage We like to get it when the dollar is sort of peaking or coming off of um, a strong trend, which is what we've had before. What typically drives that would be a pause in the Fed or or even declining interest rates in the United States relative to other markets that are out there uh, globally. And also stronger growth. So we see a slowdown coming in the United States. Uh, actually, other places we think are going to be growing, particularly China, on a counter-cyclical basis, and that will lift growth externally from the U.S. So this is starting to set up to, to looking like we could add you know, a modest amount of uh, non-dollar exposure in the portfolio in the, in the coming months. We'll have to see.
1: Interesting. Thank you. And as you've kind of alluded to, the opportunity set, I think, has changed vastly, even just over the last couple months. What would you say are the largest differences in positioning between a quarter ago and today, or even a a year ago and today?
0: Well, I would say one of the things that I always look at, and and sometimes you just uh, can't help but being wowed by it, is the change in the yield. (laughs) Yield levels have risen significantly. So the fund is... um, you know, easily doubled or even tripled its yield uh, over that period of time. Uh, so that's a good, good thing. You know, so when we think about the resiliency of this portfolio with about a two-year duration and a nice, uh, you know, current yield, um, that means going forward, it'll be much less susceptible to rising yields. You know, the plus or minus is going to add, um, you know, uh, a small degree of the return relative to the, the overall carry of the portfolio. So that, that's a, that's a good thing. Um, and quite different than the setup you know, we had one or two years ago. On the um, I would say on the in terms of the other positioning, uh, the base of the portfolio still remains um, strongly into the uh, structured product. So we still have a very wide and, and um, diversified group of uh, commercial ABS, consumer ABS sprinkled around that five year end and it's sort of just pulling to par. Uh, we have been increasing modestly our investment-grade corporate and, and high-yield exposure over the course of the year. So, that's um, increased. And, you know, lastly, as I mentioned, on the, let's go back to the rate side, our duration has increased, and we're running more in the middle of the band and still instead of the lower end of the, of the band. So, all of, you know, all in all, the, the portfolio has uh, changed, but structurally, it's still, you know, it's going to drive – much of its return uh, is going to come from you know, our tilt towards those credit spread sectors, securitized, investment grade, high yield, really in the triple B to double B parts of the market, which we think are the most um, attractive from a risk reward basis.
1: And I guess as far as, you know, you, you've touched on this, but again, from a high level, you know, are there any areas that you and the team are particularly excited about or, or really trying to avoid?
0: I'd say, you know, what we're we're excited for is really when I get back to the dispersion, I just look at the, um, you know, we can see we follow these markets so closely and and you don't necessarily see it. It's sort of like looking at the ocean and the ocean level and it seems like, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, what it is. And then when you look below, you actually see some really interesting values there and it's very specific and uh, idiosyncratic. What's what we're really excited about is that for the first time in a long time, in a non-distressed market uh, like we have today, there are significantly there there are significant discounts in bond prices, and that's including investment grade. I think the last time I looked, the investment grade bond uh, index, the corporate bond index, had a an 80 handle on its average dollar price. Well, you have to go way back. If you take out like 08 in and in a little smidge of 2020, you have to go way back to the origination of the index to see that kind of a dollar price. And the same thing on the high yield side. So, we're seeing bonds you know, trading 50, 60, 70, 80 cents of the dollar. Uh, why is that important? That means there's a lot more convexity for bond pickers in the market. All right, What does that mean? It means you buy a bond at 70 or 80 cents of the dollar. Um, you have all that headroom to go up to par or maybe even higher, depending upon the callability, and generate significant uh, total returns from an upgrade, you know, from the bonds being taken out for some reason, whatever it may be. And you don't need that many of them to hit your portfolio to generate a lot of uh, excess return. So that's what I was saying. Like the potential is like you know, it's like the old physics class. The potential energy of the portfolio is there. It's just waiting for um, some something to trigger the value that's that's there among these securities that we selected. That's what I'm really excited about. Uh, but you know, the 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 overall portfolio uh, I I find is um, much more uh, I'd I say resilient. I feel much more comfortable as a portfolio manager with the starting level of the yields that we have today than we had, say, in 2020 or 2021. I feel more comfortable about hitting our targets and generating returns that fixed income, that's going to attract and that fixed income investors want to see.
1: Great. Matt, I want to just thank you again so much for joining me today and for your time. Um, And for our listeners, if you'd like to learn more about the Loomis Strategic Alpha Fund and about how Matt and his team run the strategy, please reach out to your Natixis wholesaler or visit us on our website at im.natixis.com.
2: Important information, standard performance as a percentage for Loomis Sales Strategic Alpha Fund as of March 31, 2023, Class A at NAV, three months, 1.70, year to date, 1.70, one year, minus 2.50, three years, 3.15. 5 years, 1.30 10 years, 1.64 Class A with 4.25% maximum sales charge 3 months, minus 2.67 Year to date, minus 2.67 1 year, minus 6.67 3 years, 1.68 5 years, 0.43 10 years, 1.20 Class Y, 3 months, 1.65, year to date, 1.65, 1 year, minus 2.25, 3 years, 3.42, 5 years, 1.57, 10 years, 1.89, ICEB of a 3-month Treasury Bill Index, 3 months, 1.07, year to date, 1.07, 1 year, 2.50, 3 years, 0.89, 5 years. 1.41. 10 years. 0.87. ICEB of a 3-month Treasury Bill Index plus 300 BPS. 3 months. 1.81. Year to date. 1.81. 1 year. 5.51. 3 years. 3.87. 5 years. 4.39. 10 years. 3.86. 30-day SEC yield. Why? Subsidized equals 5.05 percent. 30-day SEC yield. Why? Unsubsidized equals 5.04 percent. Performance data listed represents past performance and is no guarantee of, and not necessarily indicative of, future results. Total return and value will vary, and you may have a gain or loss when shares are sold. Current performance may be lower or higher than quoted. For most recent month-end performance, visit IAM.Natixis.com. Performance for other share classes will be greater or less based on differences in fees and sales charges. Performance for periods less than one year is cumulative, not annualized. Returns reflect changes in share price and reinvestment of dividends and capital gains, if any. Top 10 Holdings for the Loomis Sales Strategic Alpha Fund as of March 31, 2023. U.S. Treasury Notes 0.500% November 30, 2023. 3.88% of Portfolio. U.S. Treasury Notes 0.875% percent January 31, 2024, 2.20% of portfolio. Dish Network Corp. 3.375% August 15, 2026, 2.04% of portfolio. Tobacco Settlement Financing Corp. 6.706% June 1, 2046, 1.88% of portfolio. U.S. Treasury Notes 1.500% February 29, 2024, 1.40% of portfolio. U.S. Treasury Bonds 2.250% February 15, 2052, 1.30% of portfolio. Uber Technologies, Inc. 7.500% September 15, 2027, 1.24% of Portfolio, Continental Resources, Inc. 5.750% January 15, 2031, 1.09% of Portfolio, Rocket Mortgage LLC Rocket Mortgage Co-issuer, Inc. 3.875% March 1, 2031, 0.98% of Portfolio, First Quantum Minerals Limited 6.875% October 15, 2027, 0.93% of Portfolio, The Portfolio is actively managed and holdings are subject to change, there is no guarantee the fund continues to invest in the securities referenced. Gross expense ratio 0.97%, Class A share, 0.72%, Class Y share, net expense ratio 0.97%, Class A share, 0.72%, Class Y share. As of the most recent prospectus, the investment advisor has contractually agreed to waive fees and or reimburse expenses, with certain exceptions once the expense cap of the fund has been exceeded. This arrangement is set to expire on April 30, 2024, when an expense cap has not been exceeded. The gross and net expense ratios may be the same the 30-day SEC yield is a standardized calculation calculated by dividing the net investment income per share for the 30-day period by the maximum offering price per share at the end of the period and annualizing the result unsubsidized 30-day SEC yield is calculated using the gross expenses of the fund gross expenses do not include any fee waivers or reimbursement a subsidized 30-day SEC yield reflects the effect of fee waivers and expense reimbursements the SEC yield is not based upon distributions of the fund and actual income distributions may be higher or lower than the 30-day SEC yield amounts during periods of unusual market conditions. The fund's 30-day SEC yield amounts may be materially higher or lower than its actual income distributions. Diversification does not guarantee a profit or protect against a loss. This material is provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as investment advice. There can be no assurance that developments will transpire as forecasted. Actual results may vary. The views and opinions expressed are as of April 17, 2023 and may change based on market and other conditions. Loomis Sales Strategy Alpha Fund Risks. Fixed income securities may carry one or more of the following risks credit interest rate as interest rates rise bond prices usually fall inflation and liquidity below investment grade fixed income securities may be subject to greater risks including the risk of default than other fixed income securities currency exchange rates between the u.s dollar and foreign currencies may cause the value of the funds investments to decline derivatives involve risk of loss and may entail additional risks because derivatives depend on the performance of an underlying asset they can be highly volatile and are subject to market and credit risks Foreign and emerging market securities may be subject to greater political, economic, environmental, credit, currency and information risks foreign securities may be subject to higher volatility than U.S. securities. Due to varying degrees of regulation and limited liquidity, these risks are magnified in emerging markets. Mortgage-related and asset-backed securities are subject to the risks of the mortgages and assets underlying the securities. Other related risks include prepayment risk, which is the risk that the securities may be prepaid, potentially resulting in the reinvestment of the prepaid amounts into securities with lower yields. Commodity-related investments, including derivatives, may be affected by a number of factors including commodity prices, world events, import controls, and economic conditions and therefore may in involves substantial risk of loss non-diversified funds invest a greater portion of assets in fewer securities and therefore may be more vulnerable to adverse changes in the market short exposures using derivatives may present various risks if the value of the asset asset class or index on which the fund holds short investment exposure increases the fund will incur a loss the potential risk of loss from a short exposure is theoretically unlimited and there can be no assurance that securities necessary to cover a short position will be available for purchase we believe the information including that obtained from outside sources to be correct but we cannot guarantee its accuracy before investing Consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit IM.natixis.com or call 800 862. 4863. For a prospectus or a summary prospectus containing this and other information, read it carefully. Natixis Distribution, LLC, is a limited purpose broker dealer and the distributor of various registered investment companies for which advisory services are provided by affiliates of Natixis Investment Managers. Natixis Distribution, LLC, Fund Distributor, Member FINRA, SIPC, and Loomis, Sales and Company, LP are affiliated. at Tracks, 2172184221. Expiration date. July 31, 2023, POD 07, March, 2023,